Welcome to Bat Therapy, psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and educator and comic aficionado Keaton Hopkins. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube and social media and find our Patreon at patreon.com slash therapy. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. Okay. This All one, right, Keaton. This was going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I had this idea. I feel like we had it a while back. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I do love Spider-Man. Like, y'all, this is primarily a DC podcast, but if I had to pick someone from Marvel to hone in on, it's probably Spider-Man. And one of my favorite funny things about Spider-Man, especially if we're looking just from the movies, is he knows all of his villains, like, on a personal level, before they ever become villains. And I think it's one of those things that's just really funny. He's a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, but apparently the neighborhood isn't very good. <laughs> that is an interesting thing where, you know, they say all the time about Batman, oh, without Batman, would the villains be as villainous? Would they be as intense? You know, would they be as Joker-esque? And then with Spider-Man, it's like, okay, it, are you admitting something? Like, how is everyone around you specifically a villain? How right. is this happening? Right. Like, so far, so, yeah, if we're if we're going, like I said, if we're going through the movies, two of his favorite teachers, mm-hmm. supervillains, his best friends in, uh, in two of the series, supervillains, his best friend in the third series, Ned, later uh-huh. on, does become a villain. <laughs> uh, yeah. And let's, yeah, and it it's just really funny. Yeah, his best friend's dad, Green Goblin, yep. Norman Osborn. Uh, it's, and so I really love how he always knows them. Even He can't even go to a school dance because his date's dad, Superville. Yeah, you know, it is a very interesting kind of context for him because a lot of times, well, I mean, I guess, you know, you have characters like Jason Todd or, um, gosh, what are some other examples? I mean, it, take the X-Men. I mean, they all know each other. So, you know, you've got Xavier and you've got Magneto and whatnot. But for the most part, there's at least some sort of separation because, I think a lot of times the fun part of superheroes is they get to beat up the bad guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, S- Spider-Man, he definitely he he definitely has a lot of villains that you can't just see in black and white. Yeah. And so that I think is what's really interesting is that he almost has to humanize them because he's known them as as people not villains it's it's funny that you said you have to see them in black and white venom eddie brock a co-worker <laughs> it just it keeps on it keeps on he can't he cannot go anywhere without running into a villain but yeah you are you are right i think because he knows them it does offer uh it does offer a lot of both i think empathy and sympathy for yeah, yeah, yeah. the villains especially in the movies like as like if you look at um Andrew Garfield's uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 um Electro he was the mm. janitor that Peter had befriended and he had just gone through a lot which uh, they had Jamie Foxx looking rough in that movie <laughs> like they, <Yeah. laughs> I I watch it and I look at I'm like you know what if they made me up like that I'd be a supervillain too I would I'd be like uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna do me like this. And I love that they completely ignored it when they brought him back in um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. When they yep, brought yep, him yep. back, it was just like, nope, Jamie Foxx, standard hot Jamie Foxx. They completely ignore <laughs> those teeth and that oak, that comb over. They completely just ignored all of it. Like, okay. And you know what? He wasn't as bad of a villain. 
Yeah. You know, that was an interesting thing about No Way Home is that it it actually it hit on the fact that, hey, let's let's bring it back to saving the person underneath the villain instead of just treating them like, okay, that's the bad guy. Yeah. Uh and and I think that's what I liked a lot about that movie is it did bring things back around for Spider-Man, right? So so back to being, okay, I'm homegrown. This is my neighborhood these are people yeah. let's treat them like people because yeah i do think that's that's one of the that's one of the really nice things about spider-man um it, it it's it's just a, a nice idea to have the neighborhood spider-man kind of like you know they they've talked about one of the ways to try and help with like relationships between cops and the communities is be a part of the community yeah. that you you oversee essentially uh, and so I think that's kind of the the thing with Spider-Man is it's like, I'm actually a part of this community. Yes. And so you're going to treat your villains differently because of that, because the villains literally are your neighbors. That, and they take yeah. that to a whole nother level with these movies. Definitely. Because I was, you know, I was just rewatching them just to prepare and putting yourself in Peter's shoes. It's such a difficult place, even from the very first movie with Tobey Maguire because at the end mm. of that movie the main villain in the movie is his best friend's dad Norman Osborn yep. he Norman Osborn dies fighting Spider-Man yep Peter Parker now has to be there for his grieving best friend who mm -hmm. absolutely despises Spider-Man because he thinks Spider-Man killed his dad like what a rough place to have to be because you're feeling guilty for what happened. You're feeling guilty for having to keep that secret, but also mm -hmm. you feel like you have a duty to be a good friend and be there for your morning best friend who does not know about this whole other life and doesn't know how close you actually are to the situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. It's, it's, yeah. You know, I, I, I think that's also, I don't know, I, in having that duality, I think is so difficult, um, where he, he really is playing these two completely different roles. And yet his life is constantly showing how that duality doesn't really work. Like yeah. can't be that, that clean. Right. And it's usually not as ridiculous as it's your best friend's dad and then your best friend ends up hating you and then going after you himself. And I mean, it's usually not that, that directly tied, but for super or for Spider-Man it is. Yeah. So yeah, I, and I, I wonder too, cause so, okay. They, they hit on in, in the, the no way home, which was just kind of ridiculous. I know you have, you have your soapbox related to this, but they hit on the fact that a lot of these villains know who Spider-Man is and know know it's Peter Parker. Um, and I think that's an interesting way about it, too. So how does it change being a villain when, especially if everything's cloak and dagger, so we all have our, our, our alternate identities, but then we we learn who the other person is. And I think that that's an interesting layer for some villains and what they choose to do with that. So some villains um, are going to want to shout it from the rooftops. Some villains are going to want to keep it for themselves and figure out just the right moment to to really um, um, throw you through a loop with it. Others don't want to ruin the facade. And so they're going to just pretend they don't know. Um, I think that's another interesting um, piece as well is when some of these villains realize it's Peter Parker um, and and how they choose to kind of react to that. And another thing that's different too is a lot of these villains are they don't become villains until they become too passionate about what they do. Like Dr. Uh. Octavius he was trying to achieve fusion, right? Which is uh -huh an amazing thing to attempt, right? It's, it's, it's really yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. And then something horrible happened. Uh, his wife passed. 
the tentacles kind of took over. And so they do him very, they do him very differently in the movies, the way they say like the tentacles kind of have a mind of their own and they get in his head and, and really control yeah. him. Uh, and so that, that aspect there, it's like, okay, you actually feel really bad for him. Right. Same thing with Dr. Kirk Connors with uh, the lizard. He's, Mm -hmm. Uh, he's trying to achieve people being able to grow back limbs that they've lost. Right. And so everything that they're doing, it's like, okay, what they're trying to do is such a good thing, but then something happens like they lose funding or they get denied for a, a certain grant. And suddenly they're like, no, I'm infatuated with this research. I'm willing to take the next step. And Peter's just kind of sitting back like, oh, yeah, they're some of my favorite people. They're my favorite teachers. And at the same time, it's like, oh, things are not going so I wonder, well. I wonder how that's like for a grant writing researcher to, right? <laughs> to watch his movies. It's a rough life from what I've heard. It, it, it's tough to, to live grant to grant. So yeah. I, I'm not going to judge uh, the... <laughs> The characters returning villainous, I guess. You heard it here, yeah. everyone. Dr. Amelia Brown completely supports robbing banks for science. It's true. Yep. You know, someone's <laughs> got to do it. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> when it, yeah, when it comes to these characters, I, I, I think that's the, the thing that's really nice is that not only is Spider-Man humanized, he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, but also the villains. And, and I think that's why you've talked about just liking him so much. And I know you've talked about the villains make make a story too. And and so yeah, they do a really good job of having these backgrounds for these different villains where I mean, I don't know. Like I, I think with Batman, a lot of those things they, they do a really good job as well. But sometimes with Batman, I think that the 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 caricature of of what the superpowers or villain is just really pulls for the focus versus I don't know with Spider Man yeah you do get drawn in by the backstory at least in how they did it with the movies yes. um, in a way that I really really like because you you know me I'm I'm very much a uh, there there's no one there's no one who's so truly villainous that you can't find something human about them or something that you find endearing or that you like. Yeah. I sympathize with all of Spider-Man's villains. Like even like I loved, uh, Michael Keaton as Vulture in, oh, yeah. uh, in Spider-Man homecoming. He was simply, um, he simply owned a construction crew. And he mm -hmm. bought all of this equipment because he was gifted this giant contract from the city to clean up after what went down in the Avengers. And then all of a sudden, they're actually like, never mind. Tony starts taking over everything. You can go home and just completely screwed him out of all of his money, out of yep. everything he depended on. And it's like, OK. Not only is he depending on this, but all the guys under him are depending mm -hmm. on this. And his whole mantra is nothing is more important than family. Right. Yep. And I'm like, yep. I get it. Like I'm a father. Like I understand mm -hmm. exactly how he feels. And also it just proves that Tony Stark is, has always been the biggest problem in the MCU. Everything that happens <laughs> bad, it's somehow his fault. Ultron, like all of it. Like he's just, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> that's another anyway. soapbox for a different day. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I just really feel for a lot of his villains, even from the very first movie, Norman Osborn. Yep. He gets, he gets pushed out of his own company. He gets, mm. he gets pushed out of his own company and he's like, oh really? It's like that? Like, you can't yeah. do this to me. Like it's anyone in their situation. It's like, I get it. Like, there's not a lot mm -hmm. of Spider-Man villains where I can say, no, I don't accept that. Besides maybe Rhino. Rhino, they completely just didn't care what they did with him in Amazing Spider-Man 2. But even comic book Rhino, very charismatic character. And, mm -hmm. like, and another one that Spidey completely understands. Because 
what a lot of what uh what you don't what a lot of people don't realize is just how strong Spider-Man is. Spider-Man is one of the strongest superheroes in the MCU. Oh. Um he's actually they put him actually stronger than the Hulk because of what? his speed, right? Like yeah, what? he's he can really? go to, yeah, he can go toe to toe with the Hulk just because he's so fast and so huh. strong, right? And so He's always holding back. There's a really good part in. There's a really good comic book run, Superior Spider-Man. And basically the premise of it is Peter Parker and Doc Ock switch bodies. And so Doc Ock is in Spider-Man's body. And I can't remember which villain he's fighting. But um, he punches this villain, just a regular punch. And like. His jaw flies off. And Doc Ock has this like really shocking moment, like, oh my God. He could have killed me anytime he wanted to. Like he was always mm. holding back. It was such a good yeah. moment because it's like, oh wow, like you had no idea this whole time. Like Spider-Man could easily end you very quickly. <laughs> he just makes a very good habit of not doing it. Right? That's so interesting. So he's kind of got that Superman yes. flair to him. Yes, he does. He's extremely strong. Yeah. You know, I that is very interesting because there's this innocence that, that comes with Spider-Man. And I, I think part of it is is just kind of in his storyline, usually like when he gets his powers and you know, there's kind of this coming of age that happens with it. And he's, you know, he's known for his little like quirky comments and whatever. And so I, I think there's just something to him that you don't get that sense of of power with it. And yet he's going, yeah, there's this powerhouse kind of going toe to toe with these villains. Um, and he also, a lot of his villains are very intelligent. Yes. And um are very industrious and are creators in some way and also by the way peter parker um very smart he's yeah uh he's nothing to to scoff at either and so there's this heightened level of intelligence a lot of times um going toe-to-toe too that i think is really interesting with his with his villains um but yeah you know it's it's definitely I don't know spider-man it, it's kind of amazing how uplifting he can often feel i mean not always but there's a lot of death and destruction mm-hmm. and villainy that surrounds him in his day-to-day yeah and 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 he does persevere despite it and you know circling back on this whole dichotomy thing one thing i also think that's really interesting is spider-man's villains Majority of them love Peter Parker. Yep. Like they love Peter. They're like, oh wow, Peter, he's such a he's so he's so smart. He's intelligent. He's a great guy. You know, even Vulture was like, Yeah, Peter, I like I like that kid. Sure, you can take my daughter to the dance, right? Uh <laughs> yeah. um even like even in the uh Tobey Maguire movies, you know, Norman Osborne. He almost had this attitude where he wished Harry was more like Peter. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. And Otto Otto Octavius, he always said Peter was intelligent but lazy because Peter wasn't getting his work done because he was out doing the Mm Spider-Man thing Mm -hmm. all the time. There's only a, a hand, a few of his villains that like I that don't like Peter Parker, like Eddie Brock's one of the only ones I can think of. Eddie Brock hates Peter Parker, like absolutely can't stand him. And this is just Topher Grace's venom. I'm yeah, I'm just kind of thinking about that and and how they really like Peter Parker and obviously don't don't care for Spider-Man. And yet he's not really different as Spider-Man. I I think that there's a lot of crossover in terms of personality. It's not like, it's not like um, Bruce Wayne and Batman where he, you know, he's putting on this persona in, in one vein and then, you know, he's someone completely different than the other. I feel like Peter Parker and Spider-Man, they share 
more similarities in terms of like characteristics, albeit, you know, Spider-Man probably just is a little bit more direct because, you know, when you, when you're showing your powers off. Um, But yeah, I, I do wonder about that. So uh, it's just kind of interesting how the attributes of him, they like him in this one context. And yet of course they're going toe to toe with him in a completely different context. Yeah. And then even if we dig into um, like the Miles Morales movies, the, the spider verse movies, the one of the main, one of the villains in that was his uncle who yep. he had the, his possibly his strongest relationship uh, strongest relationship with, and even in uh, across the Spider Verse, the the spot he was really he wasn't like a friend of Miles Morales, but he was directly involved with the Super Collider that played a role mm-hmm. in Miles becoming Spider Man in the first place. And so, like every, a lot of his villains, really have this close relationship to spider-man i mean even across the spider-verse the 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 main villains in it were other spider-man right like it's it's that we're after him and so it's very interesting how close to the chest it is because he always refers to himself as like the friendly neighborhood spider-man and it's like yep he really has no other choice like everyone he knows like (laughs) see at thanksgiving right Yeah, he stays busy enough just uh, down the block. Yeah, yeah. it's a rough neighborhood. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's part of why people love Spider-Man so much. I mean, obviously, I, I think there are a lot of characteristics about him that people like and just the the style of character he is. Uh, but I wonder if, too, some of it might be he's more not just more relatable because of who he is as a person, but more relatable because... He's not necessarily fighting, uh, you know, out off in space or, um, you know, these giant natural disasters or wars or things like that. He's he's hitting close to home. Like you said, it's his teachers, it's um, his friends, uh, it's it's people much more closely tied to him. And for us, that tends to be how it is, too. You know, we are. If we're going through something, if we're struggling with something, and especially if it's something that we're dealing with with another person, it tends to be someone close to us. Right. Um, those are the people that we're struggling with. Those are the people who might be getting in our way. Those are the people who might be hurting us in some way um, or we have to overcome. And so I wonder if that's part of his relatability, too, is that in a super powered, super heroic kind of way, he's actually dealing with your everyday kinds of conflict. He really is. And he's also dealing with people while remembering who they used to be. And yeah. and mm-hmm. that right there is a huge factor. You know, it's kind of like if you are like, if you're dealing with like a, uh, like someone like a drug addict, right. And mm-hmm you notice them they're they're committing crimes and they're doing all these horrible things but you remember them before all of that you remember Mm -hmm. them uh before they were addicted and so you still see that side of them whereas society might not even see it and like and that's one thing i love about spider-man spider-man uh, in in the movies, he pleads with his villains, like, please don't do this. Mm. I understand. I get it. I feel for you. I know you're hurting. I know you're upset, but please, you can't do this, right? And you're right. It is a lot closer to what we deal with in the real world, right? We don't know. We don't know someone that is trying to poison the water supply of an entire city right but i hope not we do know someone (laughs) that might have some really horrible opinions right Mm. or that might be treating someone that we know really bad right and we Mm -hmm. want to plead with them and so it's one of the things that is good about about him is like yeah you can really relate to him and at the same time 
he still has a lot of those same things that a lot of popular superheroes do. You know, he isn't, he is an orphan, you know, he has mm. his, his, uh, his aunt who he stands by. He lost his uncle that was really close to him. And then we found that's another one. We find out in the third movie that the guy that that's became Sandman yeah. also was the guy that mistakenly shot his uncle, but it was because he was trying to get money for his sick child, right? And so it's, it, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's one of those things where he is, he's, he's someone that we can picture ourselves as, right? Because mm. if I had the powers of Superman, I don't think I would act like Superman, right? Like the whole <laughs> truth, justice, and American way, right? But when the you Boy watch, way, yeah, yeah. But when you watch Spider Man interact and see the things he does, I'm like, I can mm-hmm. see myself doing that, like swinging from place to place while eating a sandwich, you know, <laughs> cracking jokes. Like you guys aren't the real Avengers and all that kind of. Like he's one of those people yep. you can. That's he's really, really grounded. Like he, he seems like someone that's a lot of fun to hang out. Do with. You, do you think? Do. You... Like, like if villains, if, if villains from New York met up with, say, villains from Metropolis or villains from Gotham or, you know, list them all off, right? Uh, obviously, we're having to cross between Marvel and DC, but bear with me. But like, if, do you think if they came together that Spider-Man's villains would be like, oh, we've got the best. We've got the best you know, superheroes I think that we they fight would against. Just, it would be funny because if you look at Superman's villains... They're just trying to, like, destroy the world. Yeah. Right? They're They're trying to destroy the world. They're trying to wipe out galaxies. You take Spider-Man's villains, they're like, oh, yeah, I want to conduct this experiment. You take Batman's villains, and you're just like, what the hell? Like, what is is happening? Are there even any lights in this city? Like, why are are you like this? Is that a crime? Why do you want to just leave carcasses in your wake? Like, what is happening? Right. Like, if, like, I'm looking at, like, the the lizard from Spider Man, and then mm-hmm. on in and then Batman's Killer Croc, and mm. I'm not gonna lie, I'm more scared of Killer Croc, I, and it might just be, <laughs> it might just be because it's just Gotham, it's just how things are there. But like, I think if Spider Man were in Gotham, I think he'd be absolutely terrified. Like, what is wrong? This is so unhinged. <laughs> I just caught him. What do you mean he's on the street again already? Like, I don't get this, right? Ah, so so interesting because we were thinking, um, you know, almost the hero makes the villains, right? So, so through the eyes of Spider-Man, we can see the human in these villains. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like there's also, it's like chicken or the egg. The villains can also make the superhero. And so the villains... Okay, yeah, they're doing things that aren't great and they're hurting people and it can get pretty bad. But I, I think most of us can agree, yeah, the 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 terror factor goes up if you shift over to say Gotham. Right. And so the terror factor with your superhero goes up. Right. Um so that's a very interesting thing too, is what yeah, how would Spider-Man be if his villains were maybe a bit more um Yeah. I don't even know how you just a bit more Gotham. Right. And and honestly, it would be very interesting because if you took Batman and gave him Spider-Man's villains, suddenly Batman would look a lot darker because it was like, oh, yeah, like, uh, like, oh, yeah, he just broke both of his legs and left him there. Right. Like Batman really is just like, yeah, yeah, I see what you're trying to do. You're you're gonna catch these hands though. Like I'm you like we're gonna I'm gonna break something and then I'm just gonna leave. Like I don't know if Batman would get along with Marvel's yeah. New York. I'm I'm not sure. Just because like he's he's scary. Like I think some of Spider Man's <laughs> villains would be very afraid of Batman. <laughs> like because <laughs> even when Spider Man gets like the black suit, his villains are like, Whoa, what is that? <laughs> I don't. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. You're kind of angry right now. That's not the regular. You you kind of punched yeah. me really hard right then, man. I'm not used to that, Spidey. Like, <laughs> no jokes today. Like, you just mad. Like, and so. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking about okay, like, so what is the terror factor it, with Spider-Man's villains? And I'm thinking like, okay, so Venom. 
Venom eats people. But you're still like, ah, his rate of eating people is a lot slower than, say, Killer Croc. Right. You know, or, um, you know, he's not killing off people quite the same way as some other people are. So, yeah, that's a good point that, that his villains, I mean, they're doing bad things, but there there's this... Even they have this kind of lightheartedness to how how it's done, where yeah, yeah it doesn't give you that same flair. Yeah, as, they're not really terrorists. Batman has mm-hmm. villains that are just straight up terrorists. Like they're not like yeah, like yeah. Scarecrow isn't out here trying to do nice things with his money, right? Like Scarecrow is like, I'm gonna build the ultimate fear toxin. My goal is to scare people to death. Right, <laughs> like he's Otto Octavius and him are built different. They're not the same, right? Otto Octavius is like, I'm trying to achieve nuclear fusion energy for the whole world, and no one will let me do it because it's way too expensive, right? And Joker, on the other hand, why don't we just kill people today? Like, let's have fun. It's going to be great, right? Like, and so it's it's very different and. I, I think the villains do kind of make the hero because honestly, if Spider-Man were in Gotham, he'd be a very different Spider-Man. <laughs> I think I don't think he'd be pulling his punches in the same he, way. I don't think he'd be able to. I don't think I yeah. Mm. Gotham Gotham would definitely make him make him punch a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is well, you know, and I think it hits on I mean, this has come up a few times, but it hits on the whole, like, how much your environment matters, too. Because I was, you know, just thinking about Gotham's almost, like, back in the day, New York City. You know? Like, New York has come a long way. Yeah. 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 It's it's the rough and ready New York City. um, And worse, I would say, probably than that. Uh, And so if you're growing up there versus if you're growing up in in the new york city of today which is essentially you know how spider-man is and so okay there are still villains and there are still heroes but all of their stories look different so anytime someone brings up peter parker's an orphan i go wait what oh yeah oh yeah right versus bruce wayne it's like oh yeah yeah yeah, you don't forget. You don't forget he's he's an orphan. You don't forget all the violence. And there's uh, not to say there's not violence around Peter Parker and what makes him into a superhero, but it hits different. Oh yeah. And I think it has to do with the fact that the environment matters. And and so once again, you even you have people that are breaking the law and become these supervillains and yet you don't see them they they don't fall as hard and as brutally as the ones in Gotham. But, you know, as we know in Gotham, there's yeah there's just a lot of brutality around you yeah. and so that's just where you, like you said spider-man couldn't pull his punches in gotham very, the the place that you're in makes a difference very different yeah very different how they came about and you you know to touch on that think about um tom holland spider-man in that third mm-hmm. movie because i think uncle ben in that universe it wasn't anything violent. I think he just passed away. Mm-hmm. But when Aunt May yep. gets killed by uh by uh Norman Osborne, yep. Peter shifts. Oh yeah. He shifts, right? He goes dark. He yeah. he goes dark. Same thing. Andrew Garfield even talks about how he stopped pulling his punches. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it it just kind of shows like, hey. Depending on the level of trauma, you're going to see a shift, right? Well, and also what's left after the trauma. So he loses that one person. So Aunt May is still around. And and, and that's not to say that the, the, the loss doesn't hurt, but let, let's say Tony McGuire's. Okay, so... There's this whole brutal thing that goes on and he's got a lot of guilt because of his own role that played a part in his uncle dying. But he still has his aunt and he still has other people in his life. And now, you know, you you go to Tom Holland's. Okay, he has his friends. Well, then he ends up, you know, essentially losing this. He loses just one after the other, after the other, after the other. And he loses his one parental figure. Um, and, and it 
this is kind of one of those things where a lot of times it's it's hard to build up those connections with people. And for some people, they really struggle, but it's really important to have that network, to have just all these different people that can support you because yeah, Tom Holland, he, he loses it and he loses it fast. Right. And yeah, I, I really liked that part where they, they talked about um, when they stopped pulling the punches and, and it was really cool to see the different Spider-Men, the different Peter Parkers trying to help this Peter Parker as he essentially starts his story. Not only trying to help that Peter Parker, but also still trying to help their respective villains. Yes. Right? Because Toby is still like, hey, I keep trying, like, man, I can't believe I have a chance to cure Norman. That was one thing yeah. that always bugged me, right? He, there, mm -hmm. He's still doing everything he can to help his villains. You know, he, uh, uh, Tom Holland's character actually helped cure Otto Octavius. <laughs> like, he fixed. Yep. He fixed the thing in his neck. Um, uh, Andrew Garfield was trying to plead with Electro, like, "Hey, man, like, let's can we we do not have mm -hmm. to do this again." The same thing with the lizard. It's like they were making sure we're not gonna kill these villains. We're gonna help them. They were making sure of it, and even Tom Holland yeah. at the end when he had the the chance to kill Norman, even after. Norman killed Aunt May and also stabbed Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I was terrified they were going to kill them all and I was going to be so angry. <laughs> I was going to be livid if Tobey Maguire did not make it through that movie. I was going to be livid. Anyway, like, yeah, even when he got stabbed, I was like, whoa. Because Peter, Tom Holland could have ended Norman. He really could have. Oh, like, yeah. he was oh, right yeah. there on it. And mm -hmm. The other two Spider-Man pulled him back. Yep. They pulled him back from going too dark because of what they had experienced. Tobey Maguire had already had the Venom symbiote. He had already yep. dealt with Sandman, finding out that Sandman was the one that actually killed his uncle, right? Mm -hmm. Andrew Garfield lost Gwen. Right. He he yep. he lost he lost Gwen in the whole debacle between Electro and uh, Harry becoming the goblin. Like throughout all of that, uh, his fighting against the lizard, his girlfriend's dad passed away, but yep. got, was killed by the lizard. And so they were they were helping uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, because they were a step ahead. And had already been through it, whether they reacted the right way or the wrong way. Yeah. I think, I think too, you know, one of the things that really with that movie that brings them all together helps kind of reverberate is, is the fact that these truly awful events that are perpetrated by a person. Okay. So not natural disasters and other things, but another person does something and it causes the death of someone else and it, and it really does ripple and it, it really does just cause so much destruction for a person. And yet it's not black and white. And that's so hard to see when you're dealing with all the pain and the grief and everything going on. And potentially maybe you aren't ever able to get to that point, right. but it's it's a human. And so a lot of times I think that the the pain, the grief, the loss, it it automatically goes to this is pure evil or there's something very wrong here. And so all he can see is the the pain in the heart. And they're trying to help pull him back and be like, hey, we've been there. And at the end of the day, these are still people. And you're going to end up realizing that at some point, how, you know, try and step it back. But man, yeah. that is, I can only imagine, most of us can only imagine what it would be like to be in that position. I mean, talk about holding your punches. Yes. It's one thing to hold your punch against someone who's doing something and 
and you see what's wrong and you feel for the people being affected. It's another thing if it directly involves you. And especially it had just happened. Right. That, that pulling back on your punches, that's very difficult. That's something else. Very yeah, difficult. That's something else. Yeah. And I think that's the, once again, the lucky thing with his villains is, yeah, they, they do seem they're, they're still the, you know, okay, they're, they're breaking the law. They're doing bad stuff. People die. They kill people. They, they don't always care. Um, but yeah, there's this ability to pull back. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it was really cool seeing, seeing that Peter Parker be able to learn that from the other two. Yeah. And, and one other thing that I want to touch on that I really appreciate about Spider-Man and how he interacts with the world around him, especially when we're comparing him to the other big two, like Batman and Superman. Mm. Like, I really feel like I relate to Peter because when it comes to things that bring me pain or things that bring me grief, Spider-Man cracks jokes. Yep. He jokes his way through it. He jokes his way through it. He has a little bit of dark humor here and there. He just... He's still wisecracking. He's still extremely sarcastic. And I think that a lot of people can humanize with that. Like, hey, how do you get oh, yeah. through it? It's like, you laugh, laugh now, cry later. You laugh through the pain. You do whatever you need to do, right? Even in, and like, oh my gosh. I, the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2, I always tear up, like, watching that when um he's reading Gwen's uh, uh Gwen's letter and thinking about quitting Spider-Man the little kid is about to walk out there and try and fight Rhino himself mm -hmm. and he swings in and I'm like and and he goes right back to cracking jokes he's like on behalf of real rhinos everywhere <laughs> like he's <laughs> he's just because but that's Spidey like that's what makes him great is he is extremely sympathetic to a lot of his villains, he does everything he can to help them. And also, he's dealing with his stuff in a pretty positive way if we're comparing it to our boy Batman, right? Like, he, I think yeah. he definitely... So what does, it say to, what does it say about me that I relate more to Batman? I think you know what it says. <laughs> I don't think we... I don't think we really need to say, do we? We don't need to say. You're the, you're the psychologist. Say. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> know. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because um, I, I have heard other people really relate to Spider-Man for that very reason. Um, you know, how do you cover up the pain? How do you deal with things? Um, putting on that kind of the, the joking and the humor. And so I think we hit on this with Deadpool. Uh, what was that last season? Season before? No, last season. I think we were hitting on this with Deadpool where humor Humor is such an interesting thing. And and I think I, I like how humor comes up between Spider-Man and his villains as well. Um, and I also, for me, you know, if we kind of dip into the DC world, it kind of reminds me of Dick Grayson yes. and how he maneuvers about things, yes. you know. Um, and it's nice to have that humor and it can be advantageous. You can distract people. You can put people off their game. Oh, yeah. Um, you can um, laugh so you don't cry or so you don't punch someone too hard. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, maybe once again, that chicken or the egg. Okay, which came first? The the not so not as scary as Gotham villains or the not as scary um, superhero Spider-Man? Yeah. Um, and so maybe that also kind of feeds into his his villains maybe not being quite so villainous is they have these kind of humorous exchanges and, and keeping it lighthearted. Yeah, definitely. And it is a little bit different in the com different in the comics because Spider-Man straight up, like in the comics, Spider-Man straight up like makes fun of his villains at times. Like he, yeah. he he's a little bit of a bully in the comic books. Like I'm not gonna, ah, like he can be a little <laughs> bit like, like egg them on. And a lot of times they get like, He'll get them too angry and then take them down like a lot because he, ah, he uh -huh. talks a lot of trash. Like 
he'll talk them out of their game. He will. Like they, and it's it's funny watching watching how he operates in the comics because I think Andrew Garfield's Spider Man got pretty close to it. The way he would trash talk mm-hmm. villains when he was yep. fighting them and stuff, uh, depending on which ones they were. But uh, yeah, he's he's very different in the comics, and it's but it's funny because it's that's just how he is. That's just how he operates. He's very sarcastic. He's super powerful. He's a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, he's, he's definitely one of those heroes. I think everybody can relate to a little bit because it's more, it's more real life because, and another thing that makes him different too, he's broke. He's always broke. That's a, <laughs> That's another thing, and th- I think that's another way, another reason he empathize, he sympathizes, or maybe even empathizes with his villains because mm. his villains constantly just trying to get money. <laughs> yeah, and he's always broke. Like even in the game, uh, one of the things that you do is I think you're in the in his room, and it's like hey, they give you like an option: either pay your rent. Or go stop a villain in the city. Like, it's... <laughs> I'm like, how much more down-to-earth can you get? I almost wanted to stop playing. I'm like, this is too real life right now. I don't so, really appreciate this. <laughs> maybe that's what, part of what makes him relatable, too. Because uh, that's how it would actually be to be a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about it. So, So, Superman supposedly has a full-time job. That he does a not only that, but he does a good job at. So he doesn't lose it and he does a good job. I don't care how much super speed you have. Because that guy would be the most unreliable worker ever. He would never be around. You could never rely on nope. him. He wouldn't be able to do anything for more than like 20 minutes at a time. There's too much stuff going on. What does on. he actually like, report? Like, I don't even know. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk. I highly yeah. doubt super. He yeah. probably just eavesdrops on, you know, whatever yeah. someone's doing in the next country over and then types something up like he was there. Yeah. yeah. I uh I I do like what you're talking about though, in terms of yeah, it's he is broke and that that is probably what it would be like to be a superhero these days and to try and kind of maneuver everything it's a very real life depiction of things which can in some like you said sometimes you want an escape sometimes it's too real but it can also be be a nice representation absolutely and then on the other side of that with his villains the Mm -hmm. same way that a lot of us sympathize with uh with say victor freeze in the Batman mm. universe. Yep, yep. That's all of Spider-Man's villains. Right? Like yeah. we we feel for him. Like, oh, this one has a sick daughter. This one lost his company. This one mm-hmm. got screwed over by corporate America. This one is just trying to complete this experiment and he lost his wife. This one was always bullied. Like you feel for yeah. every single one of these villains. And so as you're watching them, you're like, man. I get it because when I'm rewatching them, I'm like, I don't know whose side I'm on. Like if I was in that situation, like <laughs> I would, sir, I would 1000% rob a bank to save my kid. Absolutely. Like if, mm-hmm. if I would 100, I would 1000% do that. Like it was, if, if it was like a life or death situation, absolutely. Like I feel yeah. for that character. Right. Uh, you know, you're about to lose your house. And so you're stealing Stark tech. It's like, I get it, especially after you were completely screwed over by. And so I feel for a lot of his villains was what they're doing. Right. It isn't. But at the same time, they're not actively, a lot of them aren't actively out here just trying to hurt people. Like you see so many other villains doing now, Os- yep. Osborne, when that when he goes goblin mode, yeah, that's that's different. He need he need to be. But yeah. even so, arguably, yeah, it's a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde help. situation. You need some help. Yes. Well, and and that's actually a big part of the issue where I, I've gotten on this soapbox before, but I mean, when it so first off, uh, here in the United States, the Essentially, the the largest mental health institution is our our jails and prisons. So that's 
That's really wonderful. Um, and uh, also, one of the things that we need to factor in is a lot of times people get caught up. They say someone did something bad. What was their mental health diagnosis? As if mental health symptoms or diagnoses kind of equal these things. But I, I think what you're highlighting with these characters is really the underlying factors that we've been ignoring for a really long time and we've been placing on the individual. Oh, well, this is an individual and they're responding to things and they must have mental health symptoms or these things. Some people do have a diagnosis that's factoring in, but more often than not, the system has let people down in some way and they are desperate and not everyone has a family with money or even has a family. Not everyone has a stable place that they can stay. Not everyone has the options that um, a lot of times we might say, oh, well, why didn't they do this or that? Not everyone has those options. And those options also come with their own red tape and hoops to jump through. And so, you know, when it comes to his villains, I think it it highlights that to a certain degree too, which is nice, um, where we can't, once again, we can't ignore the environment that someone is in. Um, if we see someone as, oh, they're just they're just bad. That's why they did it. We're way over oversimplifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are definitely a uh, uh, a product of their environment. But a lot of times, yeah, the in some way the the world did let them let them down. Yeah. Um, yep. and they went they went another direction. But also, if if you don't get your grant money, please don't try and take over the world. I thought you told him, Robin, earlier you told him it was okay to rob banks. Uh, you put those words in my mouth, but... We'll let them decide. <laughs> Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. And I'm educator and comic aficionado, Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at TeamJVS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. And don't forget our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bat therapy. See you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs>